0: From as early an age as I could remember, I don't know six, seven years old. I used to go into my dad's dark room with him. He had a he was a hobbyist and he did a lot of black and white photography. He'd buy the black and white film in a bulk and roll them up into thirty or thirty five exposures on a roll. He'd do that in the dark and all that stuff. and And then, of course, he would develop them and put them under the enlarger and make these big prints and stuff. And I learned how to do that at a, at a young age and did that all through. Uh, you know, high school and beyond. In fact, even in high school, we had a dark room at school and I was in the photojournalism. I was a reporter as well as a photojournalist for the high school newspaper. That's where I kind of wetted my appetite on media. And I had a friend that worked at a local radio station, so I used to hang out over there. And so my, my whole love of that whole media grew out of all the stuff. And it really kind of goes back to when my dad was a photographer, which I thought was pretty cool. And then, you know, I got into color photography and slides. He did a lot of the same, but you'd send that out to get developed Uh, i just kind of thought it was great to take a negative put it in the enlarger make it zoom it in you know burn in a few things make you know just all sorts of fun stuff it was really a creative time and uh it can it can be photography is great now of course i don't have a digital slr i had an slr for a long time but now you know everything you need is right here although i keep thinking you know i should go back and get a digital slr at some point with all those big long lenses and stuff and i hope i do someday hey it's tim patterson this is a trade show guy Monday morning coffee. Uh for the third week and last week, is third week or the fourth week of February 2021? Yes, we're we're reaching March. We'll be into spring soon. And we keep on moving through, right? So this week on the interview, I got a couple of people. Interestingly enough, uh Harold Mintz and Tom Beard of Classic Exhibits are two of the people that manage or or MC or whatever you want to call it. Uh, are in control of these various, what they call classic conversations. Classic Exhibits started them in the fall of last year with their distributors. They have a, a couple of hundred, if not more, distributors. Uh, Trade Show Guy Exhibits has been a distributor for uh, the products that uh, Classic Exhibits makes, and they do a really good job of all that. But anyway, what they've started is to do this kind of uh, monthly gathering of an hour of like a dozen people, and they have all these various pods and Harold and Tom uh, guide a, a couple of those, and it's a conversation about lots of different stuff. has to do with the event industry, but not necessarily, and I thought it would be great to get them on, a couple of them anyway, to talk about what uh, Classic Conversations is and how it affects their distributors and how those people are working their way through all of this pandemic and what might come after. The pandemic, because there will be an after the pandemic time. So we got Harold and Tom on of Classic Exhibits to talk, and it turned out to be a really good conversation. I want to welcome Harold Mintz and Tom Beard of Classic Exhibits to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, hi guys, good to see you. How you doing? Great. Good, good morning. Uh, so the reason we are gathering here, we kind of talked about this in the green room, is that you both lead, um, I guess, groups of what you call classic conversations which goes for an hour once a month. It's something that uh, you do for your distributors at Classic Exhibits. You guys are both the regional sales managers in various parts of the country, and there's a number of these groups. So I guess, Tom, let's start with you. How did the group start and uh, how long has it been going on?
1: The group started in October of last year, and really the genesis of it, Tim, was that We wanted to provide a forum for our distributor partners both owners account execs designers everybody within any organization to just discuss what the relevant topics of the day were you know we had always been putting on webinars product webinars and even inviting uh different partners in who you know labor partners or flooring or lighting to give what business at all to be had we felt we needed to go in a different direction and um, Mel White came up with the concept to do this. And, um, you know, within Harold and I and Jen and and Kevin and Jim Shelman and Mel all got together and put together a really a structure for the meetings to include, you know, how they were going to go rules of engagement. Uh, But it was all to really allow people to, share ideas and what's going on, what's happening, good or bad within their, their organizations due to the pandemic.
2: Hey, hey, Tim, can I jump in here? Oh, of course, Harold, yes. It's interesting. I, I want to give the flip side of <laughs> and what, and what Tom just shared is exactly 100% accurate. Uh, but uh, if you go back five months or so ago to October, September, when we were first kicking it around, uh, like every company, not just in our industry, but pretty much every company around the world is going through trying to face, okay, how does the new world look? What's this? How do we get through it all? How are we proceeding? And one of the things, I'm, I'm only with Classic for a couple of years now, so I still consider myself a, a Classic rookie. <laughs> I On a weekly basis, if not more frequently, I found myself totally amazed at the Uh, transparency of Classics management team to communicate clearly, effectively, and without spin how this, you know, COVID and all the things that it's affected business-wise has its effect on our bottom line, our dollars, our employment with our employees, you know, all those things. And, you know, at night I'd say to my wife, you know, we had to let some people go today and the first thing that Kevin sitting on the top of our food chain did was to kind of get on calls with some of the people that had to get furloughed or in some cases let go and share with them, here's how you might want to go about unemployment claims. Here's some of the things we're looking at down the road that we might be able to bring it back. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, for all the companies I've worked with in the past, I've not worked with somebody so, not somebody, but a team that was so uh, involved and let me work with you and be transparent about it. I was shocked. And at the same time as when Mel started thinking that, uh, not as a commercial for classic, but as a, uh, as a way to be transparent and feel connected to our distributors who are going through painful situations. That's what, and I'm tingling as I tell you this, I still get a, you know, a tickle out of when we pull these groups together there's no commercial. Nobody's selling anything. No, no. I no. think its primary purpose is connected to people that we work with, connected to our industry in a time where we're all working from home and feeling disconnected. So,
0: yeah. And I, I would echo that because I've I've been familiar with and worked with uh, Classic Exhibits as a distributor, full disclosure, for 15, 16, 17 years, even before the company. I am in mean, now the, the previous one, we got lined up with them even though the company that i was with then did a lot of fabrication we did a few pop-ups and things like that with classic but now it's it's where a lot of my almost all of the business i do so and i i, I echo what you say about uh the transparency of the communication it really is unusual to see uh that come through i've done a number of projects with them and gone I'm, you know i'm just an hour away from the shop up and um, Portland. So it's, it's great to be involved with them now and then on some hands-on things as, as well. So uh, there are several groups, um, the Wyman one uh, led by um, uh, Jen uh, Labruza, I believe was a, as a national sales manager. So are these groups pretty much uh, randomly picked and, 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 or by region? I'm just curious how that whole thing came about.
2: Tom, I'll let you take that one. That's a
1: good yeah. one. <laughs> It's a great question because, um, you know, we all have a tendency to want to Uh, Talk to the people we know people in my region or Harold's region and but we decided we needed to get a good cross-section of uh, different geographic areas and and titles within companies and and so it was really a random selection Mel Mel literally found some software where we would just uh, you know select people that you know from the software and it would created the groups and Hmm. And, and so, um, you know, because we didn't want to have all owners, uh, uh, all, all account execs in, in certain groups. And, and it worked out to be, you know, strategic enough because people want to know um, what is happening in Boston is the same thing that's happening in Los Angeles or Chicago or Florida, you know, and, and, and that really gave us a great cross section to do that yeah some
0: people are involved in you know the storage end of it some people are involved in their the ownership end of it and and i you know i think there's a dozen or so in the group that i uh, it's been like four or five times i guess that i've joined the group it's once a month for an hour um and i find the conversation interesting i mean we don't always talk about exhibits when we talk about the industry uh at, at writ large but there's a lot of things that come up that really aren't related that much to the industry and it's and you, But you get a good sense of what everyone's going through. And I think that's really the important thing from my perspective is that you're connecting with people as, as, as you mentioned. And one of the things that uh, kind of got me thinking about having this conversation for the show is the article that Exhibit City News did a, a few weeks ago on their uh, online uh, website and their newsletter was uh, to share some of the things that people in the group had to say about what they're grateful for, which I thought was really interesting. And the list went on and on. I was like, really? There's, wow, that's a I, And then I went, oh, there's really a lot of people involved in this. It kind of opened my eyes to how many people were involved. And, and like you say, the, uh, once I had that conversation with Mel, uh, I realized, no, this is actually bigger than I, I had really thought it was.
2: Yeah, there's there's seven or eight groups of about fifteen each at this point, but not a week goes by where somebody doesn't raise their hand and say, "Hey, I heard about those groups. Can I get in?" <laughs> so we're 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 adding more as appropriate.
0: What did you get out of some of those conversations with the, uh, uh, and 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 do you know where that topic came up as far as what people are, are gra- grateful for? It's certainly an old topic in the sense that it's always great to know what you're grateful for and to think about it, to be proactive about it, but to do it in a in a business setting. Uh, what did that mean to you guys? What, what about you, Tom?
1: Well, you know, it, it, it really started in November when we were brainstorming for topics for our December meetings. And, um, you know, you think December, you think the holidays, you, you think, you know, what you're grateful for. And uh, so that really how that came about. And it, it, was, um, it was inspiring, actually, to hear a lot of those a lot of our participants and 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 what they are grateful for and it was it had really for the most part nothing to do with business you know and it was all you know personal and and it was relational and and it was uh, like i said it was pretty inspiring to to listen to all that and and it just reinforced um, the relationships that we've all built in this business and um uh, how we're all like-minded people just uh, just trying to make a living and uh and be respectful and uh and uh and get along
0: what do you think group members are getting out of this do you see a lot of participation from people that uh maybe you didn't think were going to participate or do you see a lot of people just kind of sitting back and watching and others you know kind of you know taking up more time than you think i'm just curious how the interaction works from your end harold
2: Yeah. So all the above, Uh, of course, you you know, we're dealing with a lot of the members uh, on the conversation teams are sales. And there's a, I think a built-in desire to talk, Uh, but that's not everybody. We've got owners, we've got project managers. We even have some, you know, uh, some vendors in there along with us, not many, but a few. So you've got a good cross section and uh, yeah, there's people that tend to lead or uh drive the conversation but one of the goals that Tom and I and the other uh, team leaders have is to try to incorporate everybody and so uh, the first month or two we kind of let the conversations go as they would as they went now if if you know a person is not participating we call on them we say well what do you think John how do you feel about X y or z and bring them in that way and it's worked quite well, so to the point where everybody participates, everybody's jumping in. Uh, I had an interesting conversation early on with uh, one of the owners uh, on my one of my teams, and he had expressed uh, early on, he was concerned. He didn't wanna speak with project managers or salespeople, he wanted <laughs> to speak with other owners so they could share their cards and kind of get something from each other. But two months later, he called me offline and said, <clears throat> What a mistake that would have been if I started speaking with everybody who does what I do. I get more out of putting my ears on the street by hearing what salespeople are saying than I would have if I you know, spoke to their owners. So it is a good cross-section. Yes, there's people that talk more than others, but it's it's a nice blending. It puts together a nice recipe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I had that initial inclination first, as like a lot of my focus is on sales. I thought, well, I want to talk to salespeople and find out what they're doing. But then as time went on, I went, actually, you're right. You hear a lot of different perspectives uh, from people that are kind of like behind the scenes, or for someone who's an owner and and has a more broad view of what I do. I'm I'm just basically a, a you know a, a solo act, as it were. Yeah. Has anything come up that's really surprised you that you just weren't expecting. I'm just curious out of, out of all the conversations and things that have come up that have happened.
1: Well, I, I think from my perspective, Tim, uh, the willingness to share information, business practices, um, and, and people see that other people are struggling and, and they're willing to share what's working for them. And even though they're competitors, um, that's really been surprising in some cases and, you know, and, um, you know, and, and I think what uh, what we've seen come out of this is that there's relationships being built between competitors uh, who can help each other. They, you know, someone in, in Chicago could use help in Orlando or, or Vegas or vice versa, and they're realizing they have support out there from people within the the Classic Exhibit family that they can rely on.
0: That's what I really come to, to learn about Classic, which is different than so many companies that I've uh worked with over the years is that there is this sort of from the top down let's 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 support everyone let's make it a community there are some distributors that do a lot of business and some that just do very little but they're all kind of treated equal when when that interaction comes and i and i've always appreciated that uh some years i've had some some great projects go through and other years i go huh hey, I only had a few that were really worthwhile but but they're always glad to, to see the business and they're always glad to see me And and i just felt that there was There was no judgment on that aspect, which I think is, you know, perhaps a bit rare. I'm just curious, um, you know, with all this competition, you know, you do help each other out. And I think that there is some some aspect of being able to say, you know, I got your back or I understand what you're going through or, you know, is there any way I can help? Um, There's got to be just some 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 heart taking thing from that.
1: Yeah, I was just going to add that um, when you ask what what distributors are getting out of this, it it really does it validates that um, what they're doing is 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 right. They're going in the right direction because they're hearing the same thing from other people. Yeah. So it's 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 almost like a, a therapy session, for lack of a better description, sometimes.
0: Yeah. When I heard that at the outset that, and I heard this elsewhere, but you know, everyone's saying, yeah, we're, we're down like 80% this year or 90% or, or, and I go, Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm not the lone ranger. Out here. So, so after you, you guys have the monthly meetings, do you, does the team have, have monthly gatherings to just kind of, to, to debrief from what's going on with the bigger groups?
2: Yeah. Usually those take the form of what are next month topics going to be? While we're not always locked in, uh, where every group has the same exact conversation, oftentimes we do. Uh, and so we'll get together, were there any highlights, any lowlights, any cautionary tales? Uh, what has your team submitted for topics for next month? And as good ideas come up, it's, it's taken by most of the teams to go forward with that. So yeah, we regroup afterwards.
0: In a sense, this came out of the the pandemic and and a need to, to get that human touch when we're not seeing people face to face. But, you know, at some point, shows will come back and things will get back to a quote unquote normal. Uh, do you see this type of thing? Uh, the monthly meetings going on, or do you think people just get too busy and say, I, "I just can't can't do it because I'm I've got so much business"? How do you feel that will unfold, or, or can you even predict? Uh, I can well, say, sorry, Tom. Go no, for go ahead. It.
1: Go ahead, Harold. I That's can
2: some... see. Uh, some of the players on teams uh, coming and going or changing. But I think these are here to stay. These conversations are uh, apolitical. They're not sales focused. It's more about feeling connected and sharing ideas. Who doesn't want that? I don't care what time of year it is and what's going on in the worldview. It's a positive for just about everybody who participates. And if they wanna drop out because they're busy, they drop out and we have a line of people ready to jump in and take their place.
1: Yeah, I was, I was just going to say in a perfect world, I want everybody to be too busy to be on these calls, but they're <laughs> still relevant because, you know, we do have things to talk about that we can, uh, that brings groups together. So uh, you know, I would love it to, to have an end, end of these calls just because we're all too busy.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the dog is calling it into this and I was pretty much going to wrap it up anyway, but I really appreciate it, uh, Harold and Tom, for, for spending time and learning more about uh, classic conversations. And I look forward to the next one, uh, which is coming next month. And, and as they continue, I think it'll be great to, to see how they unfold and change and evolve. Because I do, I do think that sharing ideas is really kind of what it comes down to and, and understanding that you're not the only one going through what everyone else seems to be going through. It's great to, to understand that too.
2: Thanks for the
1: opportunity, Tim. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, it. Tim. Thank you.
0: Thanks again to Harold Mintz and Tom Beard of Classic Exhibits for talking about Classic Conversations before I wrap up this week's show. Um, this week's one good thing is I, I'm going to say Seagate External Drives. I had to get a new one because I keep filling them up. But these little drives, that are only like three inches by five inches, and I've got four or five of them. I just bought a new one, so I thought i got to thinking. And they're seamless. They work great. I'm, I've am i never had any problems with these. I've had problems with other external hard drives, but Seagate, these little tiny ones, uh, you don't need to even plug them in. They, they work with the USB power from the back of your computer. You can back them up. You can set them to do automatic stuff. Uh, and I just wanted to point this out, that these are a really good product, and it's this week's one good thing. So... There you go. Seagate external drives, the small ones. The one I got was like a, a 5 terabyte, 100, 110 bucks, something like that. So very well priced. That's it for this week's Trade Show Guy Monday morning coffee. Let's do it again next time around. I think next week will be um, March, will Do the math. Yeah, I know. Uh, have a good week. See you soon.